and hello, hello. I'm Len Tillum. I'm a lawyer. You got legal problems. We got legal answers. You can call me up, 800-996-4505. You can call anytime. It's not like when I was on the radio and you had a call between a, at a specific hour. We've got voicemail. You can call during the day. The phone rings at the office, 800-996-4505. We'll get back to you. Once a day, we record calls. We'll figure it out. It's working. You got legal problems. We've got all kinds of legal answers, not just trusts and estates, what we do nine to five. So thank you for listening. The numbers keep growing. By all means, give us a like on Facebook. You can listen at lentillum.com at my webpage. Well, you know all that stuff. Let's start the show. Robert in Sunnyvale. How come you're calling a lawyer? Hi there, Lynn. I've got a story for you. I love your stories. Thank you. I'm a little bit like a victim here. I live in a large apartment complex, and I pay a pretty good rent. Uh, How much 14, is a pretty good rent? 1450 bucks. Yeah, that's money. And uh, the deal is that I got notification that the complex is going through some construction. So they told me they were going to be there on Wednesday through Friday. They entered my apartment a day early. And I basically had no use of my place for three days. Now, wait wait a second. What kind of construction did they have? What did they have to do in your apartment? They're putting in water lines for a uh, washer and dryer type unit, and they had to redo uh, some electrical uh, from the electrical panel to the back end of the unit. So you go to work Monday to Friday, right? I do. So they were working in your apartment. I know they came in a day early. Like they said, we'll be in Tuesday, and they showed up Monday, yeah? Correct, correct. Okay, and but they were working there when you were at work. That's correct. So, forgive me, I'm not sure what the... They came a day early. What's a big deal? Did they, uh, like, you know, steal your stuff? Did they eat the food in your refrigerator? So they came a day early. So what? Well, they came a day early. They turned off my power while I was there, so I couldn't get any email, internet. Uh, email. Should I wanted to stay home, I couldn't make a sandwich because there's drywall dust everywhere. Did they, they clean up? Did they clean up after they left? Uh, they did not, but after hassling with them, they're going to come back and clean up now. So when did they do this? Uh, last uh, Wednesday. So you've been living with all that dust rather than fixing it yourself? That's correct. Get a vacuum cleaner. Look. Well, I've, I vacuumed up, but they, they left paint on my deck. They put paint on my carpet, and uh, there's drywall dust in, in high up areas where my dishes and stuff are. If, when you move out, the landlord tries and hits you for the paint on the carpet and says, you did it, and I'm keeping your security deposit, then you got a reason to go uh, ballistic. But look, I'm not, look, they, they're allowed, a landlord's allowed to enter an apartment and do repairs. They're giving you a washer, they're fixing the electricity. I, I mean, I just don't think you were inconvenienced that much that you have damages to sue about. Okay. You know, I, I mean, if they tented the building and you had to spend three days and nights in a hotel while pesticides and poison permeate, permeated through your residence, you know, and your personal belongings smelled like stuff that kills bugs... Then maybe, then you got a claim. But, Robert, leave this one alone. Stay there. It's not worth fighting about. Hopefully they'll right. clean. Yeah, go ahead. I said that's okay then. I understand. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay? Thank you for your time. Yeah. He agreed with me. I thought he was going to tell me what a jerk I am. Roger in San Jose. How come you're calling a lawyer? When we have a, a business in San Jose. What, what kind of business? It's, uh, we focus on the RFID uh, smart card industry. You what? What is a like smart a, card? A smart card is like a card embedded with a, a microchip. So 
you see uh, Visa, MasterCard, and, and a lot of these cards going with uh, contactless payment now, where you just wave the card in front of a reader and you pay and you go. We, that's something like what we do. Okay, I got it. Please go on. Okay. So there's a, we have an event that we do every year, an, an exposition. So our receptionist gets a piece of mail, and uh, basically it says it's from the Directory for Affairs and Expo, Expo, Expeditions. Exposition. I'm sorry. Expositions. Expos, right? Yes, expos. And it basically it asks for her to fill out the information uh, to, to be entered into the free guide for this certain expo that we go to every year. Mm-hmm. So not knowing, she does that. And then we get, uh, a few months later, we get an invoice saying we need to pay uh, $1,600 to $1,700 to a Mexican company uh, with an Italian bank. It's fraud. Wait, wait a second. They told you in the form it says it's free, right? Yes. It's some kind of scam. You know, I get from college and law school, somehow they got my name and they want me to proofread the annual book they put out. It's a scam to, you know, not... Let me, let me, let me say, let me just uh, say, it doesn't say that it's free. There is fine print down here that, that does go into this that she did not see. Wait, wait, wait a second. You told me it said it was free. Sorry, no? I made a mistake. Yeah. Wait a minute. Didn't you get a fax for a business directory that said... We're going to give you a free listing? No? In other words, you filled it out, and tiny little print says 1500 bucks, right? That's right. And pay, to the, uh, pay $1,571 or its monetary equivalent in Mexican pesos. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. You know what I would do? Call the Consumer Protection Unit at Santa Clara County District, at the Santa Clara County DA's office. You want a phone number? Report these guys. It's a scam. You know, okay, yeah. whatever's going on, they're not going to benefit you. The phone number is 408 I'm 408-792-2880. 408-792-2880. You okay. know, and by the way, we just did it. If you Google, good, good DA consumer fraud unit, the Santa Clara DA attorney's office, if you Google them, they have a web page that you can download a consumer protection complaint form. Anytime okay. you get something unsolicited and some company says, after you know you fill it out, you owe me 1600 bucks, tell them to drop dead. You know what I mean? Okay, so we'll just send that in the fact. Yeah, don't, don't even worry about dead. it. Really. Okay. If you're dumb enough, if any of you out there are dumb enough to pay a bill like that, you deserve to go bankrupt. You know? This is, not, is this going to harm our credit in any way? Can they harm our credit? If they file, you, you guys are, you Americans, you know, the middle class working stiffs, you worry about that stuff. If they try and put anything on your credit rating, you have a right to dispute it. And it. unless they can come up with something, take it off. Don't even worry about that nonsense. You got it? Got it. Okay. Enjoy your day. Laura in San Mateo, what are you calling a lawyer for? Hi, Lan. I appreciate your time and your advice. I'm calling on behalf of my dad, who was in admitted to a hospital, a Bay Area hospital, um, because when they were, he went in for a, a routine procedure, and while they were transferring him, they broke his arm. Well, wait, what and, happened? You, you went over that too fast. Explain to I'm me sorry. how his arm got broken. Well, he's confined to a wheelchair due to disability, and he has to be lifted by a hoist. And um, the whoever was at the hospital was told that, and and their response was they didn't have the proper hoist to lift him, and so they lifted him manually. Is he, he very was, heavy? You know, your father. No, no, he's very frail. He's very ill. He's very frail. How old is um, he? Seventy-nine. And 
I, I'm sorry. Why is it they need a hoist to lift him? Am I, well, that's not important. Well, I mean, I'm happy to tell you, he's uh, he's confined to a wheelchair. His legs are contracted to the point where they don't stretch out, and in order to lift him, he needs he's got a um, a sling that he's used with a hoist, and the hoist lifts him from chair to bed or okay, and yeah. okay, and they didn't have a hoist, so they tried to do it manually. That's correct. And what happened? And they broke his arm. They didn't drop him or anything. They just. He, he's his. They snapped his arm. You could hear the snap from the from the hallway. Right. You, you heard it. Ugh. My mom. Ugh. Yeah, it sounds like it's malpractice. You know, um, they weren't careful. They didn't move him with the skill and care of competent medical professionals. Tell me something about your your father's condition. How old? He's seventy nine. Seventy nine. He has prostate cancer that has spread to his bones. Um, he went in actually for something unrelated to that. He also has kidney, is in kidney failure. So he's close and to death, right? No, not really. Um, he's very, very ill, but he's not close to death. Um, he, he went in for, for a transfusion because, um, because his kidneys don't work properly. So Wait, wait, um, let, let me interrupt you. Sure. In, in order to sue, he's got a case. They screwed up, you know, but in order to sue for malpractice, it takes, uh, I'm going to give you the, just what goes on in the real world. Mm-hmm. In order to sue, it takes a long time. It takes a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And by the time the experts do it and depositions, even if you rush it into court, the chances are your father will die before the case goes to trial, right? I, I mean, I hate to, that, that's what a lawyer would, does that make sense? It looks like he's frail he's got prostate cancer and other things he's going to be he's going to die soon i'm not trying to... you no you're being very realistic and that's okay i understand that so um, what happens is yeah, pain and wait, let me finish pain and suffering does not survive you can't get money for pain and suffering if your father dies before the case is over i see okay so yeah you can get his medical bills which go back to kaiser he doesn't have any lost wages I'm sorry this happened, but you're not going to get a lot of money from it. It's more aggravation than it's worth. Okay. I would just let it go. I know this was terrible. They they didn't do it on purpose. They screwed up. Hopefully they'll be more careful. Here he is dying, and he's got to go through more pain. Yeah, it's extremely uncomfortable. I I would stay away from lawyers on this one. I'm not trying to be mean or nasty. Please understand that. Uh, no, no, it's not taken that way at all. I, I appreciate your the pragmatism. Um, Enjoy the time he's got. What does he have to do? Depositions, and you want to talk to lawyers. Your mom's an old lady, too. How old is she? 84. Yeah, so she need that aggravation. Leave it so, alone. Take care of okay. your dad, okay? Okay. Thank, thank you. Um, yeah. Richard in San Jose, how come you're calling a lawyer? I went to the flea market here in San Jose, a year ago, me and my wife were in that. We put down some money as a deposit to buy some furniture. When I went home that night, I had a family emergency that required me to leave town. I've been gone for a year. I came back to the flea market with my receipt in my hand to inquire either to get my money back. They said, well, we don't give money back. I said, well, okay, how about we take the $100 and apply it towards something else? And they said, well, it's been more than six months. Um, the only thing we can do is give you $100 credit towards another $1,500 sale. You don't want to buy from them. Exactly. Here, here, you see, the purpose, you got to look at what the purpose of a deposit is. 
And usually the purpose of a deposit is to make sure that the seller doesn't sell it to somebody else, you know, earnest money. Right. So it makes sense on some level that the seller should be able to keep all or a portion of the deposit because for quite a while, a year, you deprive the seller of the ability to sell the item to someone else. But right. the, wh- the thing, though, was that the furniture uh, was going to be ordered. It was never ordered. Yeah, okay, so forget about that argument. Then we have to look at what was the agreement you and the seller made about the deposit? Were you entitled to a refund? What was the agreement? What did he the, promise us? The, the receipt that I have in my hand as of today, it indicates that you cannot get cash back um, from a deposit that you place on, on anything. Okay, what does that's, it say you can all, get? All it, says. It, it doesn't say anything about six months. It doesn't say that you cannot apply the, um, the, or the, the your deposit must be applied towards. Yeah, Richard, people. Richard, yeah. Richard. It says no cash back. So right. you're going to get a credit. You have to, you're not going to, even if you go to court, you're not going to get $100 back. To no, bother. No, I, I don't want $100. The only thing I'm saying is at least give me um, $100 value towards something else. They, I went they, want, they want to sell you another set of furniture. Exactly. I'd walk away from it. Uh, it. Look, it's not the end of the world. Don't eat your liver over this. I know it's, you know, it's 100 bucks. It's money, but there's something to be said for the seller's side, too. You know, it doesn't say we're going to exchange it for something else. And if he doesn't want to do it, it's not worth getting into a fight over it with him. I understand. Let it go. I will. Okay? All right, thank you. Thank you. Call me Mr. Let It Go and forget about it. Some lawyer I am. No. You want a lawyer. You walk in there. You see, says, give me $5,000. I think you're going to win this case. Twenty-five grand later, you walk away with nothing. Hey, not here. Frank in Hayward, what do you need a lawyer for? Well, I'm curious. I have mostly a question. You know, my son was arrested. Or he was uh, smoking off campus. Cigarettes and, uh, or they, pot? Oh, cigarettes. Okay. And uh, they busted him. You know, they took him back to the office to uh, campus police or school police. Um, they then searched him and found a pocket knife in his back pocket, you know. And they never contacted me to let me know at any point before searching him, before questioning him and talking to him wait 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 let me go let me go through this they do not have to call you immediately when they take your kid into custody they don't have to do that they didn't have to inform you prior to the search or even the interrogation um your son has you know the fifth amendment right to be silent but those rights don't extend to you the parent having the right to be there when your son is interrogated that's just the law so the fact that they didn't call you there's nothing. There's, they did okay with that. Maybe you don't like it, but that's the way it is. Got it? I got it. Okay. What else? <laughs> then I went to court, and when I went to court, you know, we went in there, and they were saying, you know, I'm trying to get a diversion or something. You know, he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, you know, they have that zero tolerance about knives in school. Here, your kid is 15 years old. What in the ninth grade? Yeah, he's a knucklehead. Yeah, a knucklehead smoking off campus. Is he getting in trouble with the school for other stuff? Um, yeah, you know, he, he's had confrontations. You know, he's not the greatest kid. Right. Uh, I'm having a lot of problems myself. So what, what happened with your son? What, what finally happened in juvenile court? Well, <clears throat> right now, when I went to juvenile court, they put him on a three-way search clause or something. What's that? Uh-huh. I don't, what is that? What is a three-way search clause? I guess that means they put him on probation, and now they can come and search him or his dwellings or any vehicle that he's in, you know, his lot. I, I don't know if they have the right to search his house. I'm not sure about that. But if he's in a car, 
Yeah. I don't understand if he hasn't been convicted yet of anything yet. I mean, I understand. Wait, wait, wait. They didn't find him guilty of anything? No, not yet. I just that was my first court date. I'm not sure what the judge did, but one of the things they can do is put it. Let let me explain. They can put you on probation. What, What the courts do is, let's say somebody gets picked up with a, you know, their third drunk driver or their second. They can keep you in jail for a long time while you're awaiting trial. But they'll say to you, okay, we'll let you out on probation provided you swear you agree not to get drunk or, you know, if you beat up your wife and you're in for domestic abuse, we'll let you out on probation before your trial if you agree to stay away from your wife. So what the judge did, it seems like they put him on probation rather than keep him in court. He's not convicted yet. A search clause clause is routine. And I guess they can search your home because your son lives there. You know, they may have even asked you if you agree to this, and you probably said yes. But they can search. So, look, here's what's going on. This could be a benefit to you. The juvenile courts are not looking to put your kid in jail. They're looking to help the family. They, they try and do social work, you know. They really do. Probation tries to help. Maybe they can recommend some things or something will come out of this that helps your kid get it together because you say he is having problems, Right. Yeah, and I, I would <clears throat> that would be great. But see, the problem is, is they're they're deciding the same thing you did, which is you know there's zero tolerance, and they're going to go after him for a felony, possession of a concealed weapon. No, no, no! Don't wait, wait, wait. Listen to me. Listen to me. Get a public defender, and juvenile public defenders are usually better. They're good lawyers, and they're better than private lawyers because most private criminal lawyers don't have much juvenile experience. Juvenile public defenders, you know, in the juvenile courts are there all the time. They do it. Go get a public defender and say, look, this is crazy. Let's work something out. He doesn't need a felony concealed weapon. You got it? The case is not over yet. Wait and see what happens. If your son starts going to school and does well and there are reports he's doing well from his teachers and he's much improved and he's home at night and not making you crazy, that'll go a long way in the juvenile courts to getting him a misdemeanor or getting some kind of diversion. Your kid better start being a Boy Scout is what I'm saying. You understand? Yeah. All right. Use that over his head, okay? All right. Thanks. Good luck. Good calls. You got legal problems? 800-996-4505. We need those calls. Please call it in. We do a bunch of calls each day. By the way, the shows don't last an hour. But we're doing on each of these podcasts just as many shows as when I was doing an hour on radio. None of those damn commercials. Not bad. Becca writes this. My 16-year-old son wants to be emancipated so he doesn't have to have forced visits with his father. I have joint physical custody. Really, he's right. His father's a real jerk. But, you know, emancipated? How does that work? And does the father have to agree to have this legally done? Let me tell you something, Becca. It ain't going to work. A minor cannot be emancipated, you know, freed of his parental control unless both his parents agree. You haven't gotten along with that ex-husband, you know, your son's father for a long time. And if you call him up and say your son wants to be emancipated, he'll go berserk. I don't know him. I don't know you. But don't even try and it won't work. And by the way, before a kid can be emancipated, they have to have a source of legal income. That doesn't mean selling joints at the high school. They've got to have legal income and have to be capable of, capable of taking care of themselves. So, um, and by the way, maybe your ex-husband would like him to be emancipated because if he's emancipated, no more child support. Good show today. 
call in some problems. We love those stories. 800-996-4505. Or send me emails, len at lentillum.com. Come back tomorrow for another new show.